When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back, Bears fans, this Wednesday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. It's an audible day here because it's a short week, which means it's time for our in-depth game preview episode. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here, ready to break it all down, tell you how the Bears can end up winning this game here on Thursday night. It's a winnable game, nevertheless, against the Carolina Panthers. And Nick, by the way, Carolina Panthers, this is the first time they're going to Chicago since 2017. And if that game rings a bell to you, it's because you and I went to that game. We were in attendance to that game. That was the Eddie Jackson two-touchdown game. Mm. We had those seats in the end zone. That was a great time. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. Uh, I think there was a clip that came out of that game also where Akeem Hicks accidentally pushes one of the players – one of the wrong players on the Carolina Panthers, and then he looks at him like, what, I didn't block you? He's like, oh, sorry, man. But those are good times. <laughs> those were back where the Bears, I think, were a little bit better. But, yeah, good times, good times. They were trending up. We had Mitchell Trubisky as a rookie, and I think he threw 12 passes that game. If we were lucky, they kept it on the ground. They played good defense, made turnovers happen. And my phone gave me that memory a couple weeks ago, like the video of you, me, and Brandon celebrating one of those touchdowns in the end zone mm-hmm. and yelling bear down. It was, it was a really fun time. A lot of optimism despite the lack of wins, despite the lack of offense. And, you know, <laughs> wins are still hard to come by. Offense <laughs> seems to be hard to come by, so maybe things don't change all too much. No, especially with the Chicago Bears. But like you said, this is a winnable game against the Panthers. And we'll get into it with, uh, you know, our offensive, defensive keys, X factors, everything that you come to know with these Friday, but now Wednesday preview episode. Dude, I I appreciate it. You just took my line that I always tell everyone what's going to happen in this episode. You are just one step ahead. So as you know, plenty of awesome segments coming your way. And let's just start this episode. And we have to begin with a Bears, Panthers, one-liner. If you want to do the one-worder, it's winnable. But obviously, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. You can't overlook any opponent in the NFL and then another word for me is just draft status, which gives this game mm. some meaning uh, because with the Bears and their record right now, it's hard to find meaning in games. But this one definitely has some big implications for the Bears. You know, Ryan Pulse himself wants to win this game to make that draft pick, make that trade just continue to look much better. You can't hurt yourself here. Uh, at least that's the hope. What's your one liner that I just literally just turned into a paragraph? <laughs> no, that's quite all right. I just have opportunity. 
Well, because when you look at last week's loss to the Saints, the five turnovers compared to zero to the Saints, and, you know, they were very much in that game, lost by one score. But, again, this is a, a good opportunity for the Bears against a, a Panthers opponent that's going to be missing some key guys, it looks like. And we still don't know exactly who's going to be quarterbacking for the Bears uh, tomorrow night. But there's still an opportunity, I think, regardless of who's under center for the Bears to finally win a game. Hey, we'll see. Uh, again, we, we have plenty of keys and things coming your way, and we'll begin with the keys to success on offense. It's time to find out what the Bears need to do against a defense that even though, like, season-wise, like, they've been struggling. Last week, they held the Colts' offense to less than 200 total yards, only 3.5 yards per play, and the Bears, of course, want to do much better than both of those marks here uh, on Thursday night. So, Nick, I'll go to you. What is key number one for the Chicago Bears on offense this week? Yeah, I think they just need to continue establishing the run well. I think, you know, obviously they were doing that against the Saints, got some nice rushing lanes, and, you know, for whatever reason, despite being a one-score game, kind of got away from that. And, of course, the turnovers, and I think forced their hand to go more a little bit pass-heavy and do so from within the pocket. But I think this is an opportunity for this this Bears offense to continue running the rock with Deontay Foreman, who I think has been – doing really well, hard physical mm-hmm. runs. And anytime you can run behind Tevin Jenkins on that right side of the <laughs> offensive line with Darnell Wright, then you're going to get some good results. And, you know, you got to be, you got to be cognizant of where number 95 Derek Brown is at. And I think for, for the bears, like running the ball is going to help whoever's under center to really stay in this game and do what they want to do. Like those play action for Tyson Bajan against the saints was really effective. And I think, you know, being able to run the ball definitely skews and helps you know, the bears in that category. So establishing the run, and this is the second week in a row, Will, where the opponent that the bears are facing faced the Indianapolis Colts the week before. So I'm kind of looking at the, they've been doing offensively these past two weeks. And, you know, they didn't really have too much of a rushing attack against the Panthers, only 78 total yards, but still seeing some ways that the bears can attack this Panthers defensive line, much like how the Indianapolis Colts were, but I think establishing the run is going to be huge. Thanks for taking that one, by the way. I feel like establishing the run, pounding the rock, however you want to phrase it, has been a key of mine for the past two weeks, rightfully so. It's what they do best on offense, and I'm glad uh, you took it here, and you mentioned play action. And off of play action, I would love to see for my very first key is continue just spreading the wealth. And that's what I just appreciated really about this Bears offense over the last couple of weeks. It's not just the DJ Moore show right now for this Bears offense. They're getting other playmakers involved. When you look at the last three weeks here for the Bears, DJ Moore, 15 catches, 156 yards. Cole Komet, 16 catches. By the way, that's on 17 targets. That's a very high catch rate right now over the last three weeks. 134 yards, two tutties. Darnell Mooney, 10 catches, 155 yards. And he had four other Bears with at least six targets. They're doing a great job of utilizing their backs coming out of the backfield, getting other players here involved. And one other note about Cole Komet, that 16 catches over the last three weeks ranks first among all tight ends. So does his two touchdowns. And he's also sixth in receiving yards at the position over those last three weeks. And of course, you know, DJ Moore earlier on in the year, he was just getting involved way more than anyone else. And, you know, it's awesome to see, uh, especially if you go back to that last Thursday night game, like he just blew up and it's a lot of fun, but for the bears, obviously the plan coming in after that trade was to have DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet kind of be that three headed monster 
in the receiving game. And now we're starting to see it kind of pay off here. And I want to see that trend continue here on Thursday night. They do allow the fifth fewest passing yards per game at 178.3. The Panthers do, but I still believe if done right, the Bears can still get good performances from all of their guys that I mentioned. They'll still be able to put up yards through the air, get to make the most of those touches. And if they do that, the Bears shouldn't have much issue being effective enough, at least through the air, to win this game. No, I completely agree, Will. Um, and especially just, you know, the Panthers are going to be missing their starting corner. You, whenever you don't have to face Brian Burns on the other side, too, like that's always going to be a plus to, you know, being successful through the passing game. Um, another, you know, I kind of mentioned this in my first key, but really the main culprit on defense right now for the Panthers is Derek Brown and what he's able to do in the interior. He'll line up over the center. He'll line up over both guards. So, Really, I'm really looking forward to the matchup between him and Tevin Jenkins because I think that could be an absolute just mauler-type battle in the trenches there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys battled out. But this is a guy that only he, he only has one sack on the season, but he also has eight hurries, four QB hits, 13 total pressures, and he was making a lot of plays in the backfield against the Indianapolis Colts just a, a week ago. So that's going to be someone that can wreck what you want to do offensively. So... If the Bears are, you know, highlighting him as a main guy to kind of block on a down-to-down basis, you got to make sure that, one, you're able to stay in front of him. And if he's going against, like, a guy like Cody Whitehair or Lucas Patrick, that's where the complications, I think, can come, come out from this game. But if he's on Tevin Jenkins, like, the way he's been playing the right guard position, I mean, they're, they're, I'm, I, would, I would have to see who's playing better on the interior right now because Tevin Jenkins is doing everything you want to see out of the interior offensive lineman and look he's doing this at right guard when nate davis comes back he'll probably go back to left guard but he's a guy that regardless of where he's at i love how he's playing football right now man i just hope tevin continues to stay healthy because like you said he is and has been such a bright spot for this bears team for this bears offensive line and really just being the player that when the bears drafted him nick this is what we expected out of tevin jenkins and of course injuries have played a part of not getting to see this as consistently as we would like but as long as he's healthy and out there big time difference maker for the bears for me my second key uh, on offense and i mentioned i want to spread the wealth well a part of this i want to see them target favorable matchups. And I wish CJ Henderson was out there. Uh, I know you mentioned, you know, having a starting corner out helps and I would agree, but Henderson was allowing catches on nearly 80% of his targets so far this year, averaging 13.1 yards per catch surrendered. So those were something that I was kind of hoping to see here this week, but still there's some other favorable matchups. You have your linebacker, Frankie Lavu, second most targeted player on the team. He allows over 15 yards per catch, a pass rating over 136 when targeted. Quarterbacks are completing 82% of the throws in his direction. He's also missed seven tackles after catches this year. So I feel like this is a great matchup. If you can get Cole Komet here on this linebacker to really continue Cole's ascension, being one of the top tight ends in the league with a big game here on Thursday night. And then you also have cornerback Dante Jackson. He allows the highest pass rating on the team of 136.3, allowing catches on 76% of those targets and two touchdowns this year to only one actually forced incompletion pass breakup. Uh, and really the one player that I would say avoid if you can, uh, just would be Troy Hill in the slot. Uh, he has less than 100 total yards allowed this season, a passer rating of only 58.4 when targeted, which is the fourth best mark among all corners who play in the slot this year. So he's been really stout there for the, for the Panthers and the Bears to just you know be wise to not 
pick on Troy Hill Resort, at least try to go go elsewhere. That's a good idea. Go elsewhere, and I think the Bears will have favorable matchups on the outsides. And my last key on offense, and you know we've kind of, we've seen this as a trend the last two weeks, I think now, Will, where DJ Moore is just not being targeted as much in the second half as he mm. mu- as he is in the first half, and I believe it was two targets in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, against the Saints. So. That obviously, look, when you have turnovers and your drives are being stalled because of those turnovers, I get it. Like, you're not going to have the targets that you would like to see, but that's a guy that it doesn't matter at what point in the game you're in, you have to target number two. He's he's that good of a player. He's that good of a route runner, guy that can separate and just makes it easier on, you know, whoever's playing quarterback. And I just think that, you know, obviously you said one of your keys, spread the wealth, which they definitely need to do. But when you have those favorable matchups, Justin Field, Tyson Bajan, look look to two. You you got to see if that's especially if that's what it's in, in the progression of the play. He's your number one, and if he's not there, you can then move to Mooney, who had finally had a breakout game last week. But I just mm-hmm. need to continue seeing the targets for DJ Moore throughout a game, and I feel like if you do that offensively, you're doing the right thing. Like I don't think anyone will fault the Bears for trying to target DJ Moore in the second half. So. Let's see more of that, and we know what happened the last time the Bears played on Thursday Night Football and what DJ Moore can do throughout an entirety of a game. He can take over and be that number one threat. And that's true, and that's the whole, not problem, but it's the challenge for the Bears, the strive to find a balance here of feeding by far your best playmaker on the field, but also getting others incorporated, which stresses defenses and, of course, has to keep them honest. They just can't dial in on one person. But I like that we have opposite goals, but at the same time, very similar goals here. Mm-hmm. And regardless of you know who, who has the football, who's making the catches, who's in the backfield taking some of these handoffs, I just want to see them – make yards after catch yards after contact. So my third key is yak uh, attack DJ Moore six in the NFL with 302, 312, sorry, yards after catch this season over the last three weeks, Mooney and Moore, they both have 77 yards after the catch. Darrington Evans sneakily behind them with 63 yards after the catch. And then Cole Komet at 47. And then when you look on the ground, Foreman and Evans over 150 yards after contact, 10 forced missed tackles on the ground over the last three weeks by those two backs. And of course, their ability to get yards after the catch, yards after the contact in multiple ways have really helped this Chicago Bears offense stay in the field and sustain some of those drives. So for me, it's just regardless of who's out there, who's being involved, who's getting targeted against this Carolina Panthers defense, you need to make plays after the catch or after contact. I completely agree with that. Um, the only time, like obviously DJ Moore over the middle of the field to start that third quarter, I think he's trying to fight for those yards and gets that peanut punch. But anytime DJ Moore is fighting for yards, you go look at that peanut punch there. And he used those words himself. So I, I'm lo- I, again, I just love hearing that um, because everyone knows it and who was the best at it. But yeah, anytime DJ Moore tries to create yards, that's a good thing for this offense. And just so happened that he ha- got wrapped up Tyron Matthew around the legs and then what was it, Adebo? He dude had a game. I think last so. Game. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. against this, for the Saints. But yeah, create those yards after the catch, and good things will happen. Now I know a few people in the in the comments have asked if we have any updates on Justin Fields yet. I don't think I've seen anything over here, and I know as soon as we see something or you know law behind the scenes producing, I'm sure he'll let us know if some of that big news comes our way. Like we'll make sure to to have it, but. Do you have a gut feeling one way or the other, Nick, on how this is going to go? 
quarterback wise before we find out? Yeah, uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about Justin. That's all I can say. I'm feeling good about Justin suiting up on Thursday night. But again, we'll we'll see here. Um, the Bears are currently practicing. We got to wait until they're after, after you know once practice is done and over with to kind of mm-hmm. report what was going on. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So should we just like really drag this out and speak slowly <laughs> so that way practice ends by the time this episode finishes? Obviously, I'm being facetious, uh, but still, uh, if we're able to get that update before we sign off here today, we definitely will pass it along to everybody. Regardless, though, it's interesting that you'll have, like, depending on who's under center, like, just the different narratives and storylines and how this can go. Because as much as I think most, I'm not going to say every, most Bears fans are ready for Dustin Fields to return, Tyson Bajant versus Bryce Young would just be an interesting battle you have the guy that was drafted first overall versus an undrafted division two quarterback so just seeing like that battle in itself Mm -hmm. would be interesting just to have that but at the same time i want to see number one on the field i want to see him back in this offense just because we got to continue to you know have him out there and and figure out what it is for our future as much as i do think he would help make this bears offense you know, even better as long as he plays to the best of his abilities. Not to slight Tyson, I thought he's played well. Besides uh, some of those turnovers there last week, but for his ability to spread the wealth, move the ball, and get his playmakers involved, uh, I thought it's been you know very impressive over the last couple of weeks too. Yeah, it definitely has. Well, and look, guys, when you go back and look at the two games that the Bears have actually won, look at the types of throws and the game plan that was being asked of each quarterback in that one. I wrote an article on mm. all CHO that's up right now. Like Tyson Bajan didn't have, oh, he had one pass over 15 yards in the win against the Raiders. And that was the game plan. He executed really well. And he, you know, that's what was asked of him in the win against the Washington commanders. Justin Fields had nine passes go over 15 yards and, you know, several that went over 30 yards. And that was, you know, catering to his strengths, whereas the Raiders game was catering to Tyson's strengths. So these guys, I, I, they have some similarities, but there are differences in their game. And it's, it was interesting to hear from Luke Getze and even Andrew Janoko, the quarterback's coach yesterday, saying that regardless of who the quarterback is, the game plan is going to be very similar. There's not going to be many differences, even though to me, from what I see of these two guys, they do have different strengths. So I'm looking forward to seeing Justin Fields back out there because I think it does just unlock a couple of other things that we haven't seen mm-hmm. from Tyson Baden so far. But again, an undrafted rookie doing what he's did, what he's done through three weeks. You know, I think that it, it should be viewed as a win, but I think for fans, it's like, oh, it's a Fields versus Bajan conversation. It doesn't have to be that. But, you know, for an undrafted uh, rookie to do what he's done, like, I think you should definitely find that as a positive. Absolutely. I just would find it, I think comical is the right word. If, say, Tyson ends up playing tomorrow night and can beat the Panthers, so you trade away the first overall pick, the Panthers move up, that you take Young first overall, and then the Bears come back and can beat you with a quarterback that they didn't even draft, that didn't even play Division One football. Like That would be a great, I don't know, full circle sort of a deal, uh, at least for me and my perspective, uh, you know, from the Bears fan perspective of, you know, we didn't need that first pick. We got DJ Moore and he helped us beat you with a quarterback that, you know, we didn't have to use that first overall selection for. I wonder if like two of the Panthers are having buyer's remorse and 
maybe should have taken CJ Stroud. I don't know. I mean, he's looking really <laughs> good in Houston. You got like, it's been impressive what he's actually done. Um, you know, just what breaking the rookie record for passing last week. He's, he's looked really good. And obviously the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young have had their struggles up to now. And I will say that we can sympathize with that a little bit here in Chicago, taking a quarterback and then watching other quarterbacks that were drafted later outshine your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen that. We know how that feels. Let's watch. Let's go watch the Chiefs play a game. <laughs> like it still it still hurts sometimes just knowing that we had that opportunity. But regardless, uh, let's call a timeout here real quick, Nick. And then on the flip side of this, we'll switch over to the Chicago Bears defense. But first, I want to let you know uh, this message from Circa Sportsbook uh, because Circa Sportsbook they have those tight money line splits, that low hold model games. They strive to have at a minus one ten split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike the other sportsbook, which may use like a minus one fifteen or a minus one twenty. Circa Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures golf tournaments and especially when you compare them to those other books and circus sports does not limit players based on their winnings every player has the same limits unlike those other books that do start limit those winning players so they encourage those betters hey you know what go look at all the other sports betting apps available but you'll see why circa is you know the premium app and why you should be leaning in their direction circus customer service of course is another great benefit they have real people behind the circus sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion unlike other books use those chat bots getting to talk to a real person really just makes that experience if needed so much better and really it's all aspects of the app they're being run by the same team that runs the main circus sports book at circa resort and casino in las vegas so download the circus sports illinois app at circusports.com slash illinois dash app that's circusports.com slash illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. And if you or some of you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text G-A-M-B to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Yeah, everyone's got to go check out Circa Sportsbook, download that app. But you also, while you're on your phone downloading Circa, you got to download the Game Time app. And, you know, with what Blackhawk season in full swing you also have the bulls right now i know my girlfriend and i were looking at bulls tickets and first place i went to was the game time app to see exactly what was you know being offered at what price and where we can sit because you know game time it it makes buying tickets you know stress-free and game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the ticket and start getting hyped for the, all the fun you're going to have at whatever event you're going to go to. And here's some things that I just like about the game time app. You have those flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And then they show the images of the seat, which is always helpful. And you have the lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection, you know, all these good incentives with game time. And especially if you download that app, so you can forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, like I said, basketball, hockey, whatever you're looking into, GameTime's going to have it for you. And the GameTime guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, hey, GameTime will credit you 100%, 10, 110% of the difference. And so you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code CHGO. For $20 off your first purchase, terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
Awesome stuff there, Nick. While we're getting into these defensive keys, I guess Rob's in the chat telling everyone, hey, hit the like button. Apparently the likes are just way too low for this episode right now. So everyone knows I don't like to harp on the likes, but they're very important to us. So definitely smash it, as the kids would say. We really want to get those likes up throughout the entire episode. Thank you so much. But let's get over to those defensive keys, and I'll go ahead and start with my first key for the Bears on defense, which is to feast and force mistakes. You know, when you have a young quarterback, <laughs> I guess both literally and figuratively or literally and literally, last name's young, he's also <laughs> young, uh, playing quarterback, you know, you want to play with like a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. The Bears need to be firing at all cylinders. Try to make things uncomfortable for Bryce Young, who's coming off two pick sixes last week against the Indianapolis Colts. We know that the Bears go back just a few weeks ago uh, against the Raiders, right? And Hoyer, we made a, them have a few mistakes. Jalen Johnson had that pick six. And just look at the outcome uh, that the Bears were able to come away with there. Uh, a nice win against the Raiders. You know, obviously finding a pass rush would be really just great in general, but also pretty good here this week. Young's pass rating went under pressure this season is only 43.3, as you expect any young quarterback under pressure to fare. That is the second lowest, though, in the league, only behind Daniel Jones. Uh, on the season, the Panthers allowed the seventh most pressures, and there's only two picks away from the league most. So they, the Bears have an offense are going up against that's prone to giving up pressures, prone to making mistakes, and the Bears need to find a way to make that happen here this week. The right tackle, Taylor Moten, he has a team-high 30 pressures allowed. Can the Bears get to Young, force him into the hurry throws, take advantage, can Montez sweat? make a big impact here this week. Not a lot of plays in the backfield for him a week ago in his Bears debut. I figured it would take a little bit, but now with another week here to get acclimated, we all know what kind of player we expect him to be here in Chicago, and hopefully this week uh, the Bears can get that done. The Panthers have allowed 29 sacks this season, uh, which is the fifth most as well. And Bryce Young, his average depth of target is only 6.6 yards down the field that's tied for the lowest in the entire league so that ball is going to come out quick he tends not to go too far down the field he's not going to push it so the bears can also you know if you're going to play that cloud coverage maybe you step up a few yards there too to kind of be a little bit closer to those potential wide receivers but just for me nick i want to see the bears play with an attitude and try their best to force some mistakes no i like that a lot well i always remember it's so weird but it was Carson Wentz. He was making his rookie date or again, he was going to face the bears as a, in his rookie season. And I think maybe we were previewing this game at one point I'm and sure like, we Oh yeah, they're going to, they're going to make sure that, you know, Carson Wentz is, you know, under duress and make him uncomfortable. And they didn't Carson Wentz ended up lighting up the bears that day. That cannot happen in this matchup here. And, you know, my first key for this game is make young sweat. And I think Montez Sweat can, you know, have a, a really big impact in this one. You you were kind of saying the pressure is given up by, you know, some of the offensive linemen there. But you just look and watch this offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. It's sometimes they're missing on stunts, not knowing exactly who to block, or they just straight up lose their one-on-one battles. Saw a lot of missed opportunities for the right guard for the Carolina Panthers. So I think there'll be a rotation still, obviously, with this Bears defensive line, but he is prone, Bryce Young, to make mistakes when he's under duress, under pressure. The two pick sixes, there's guys really, they're in his face. They're providing that pressure. And then he, he throws a ball that's not quite where it needs to be. And then you have Kenny Moore 
the the nickel corner for the Indianapolis Colts, taking one back to the house two two times against them. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a really big key in this one. You don't even have to get to Bryce Young. Make him uncomfortable. He's going to be quick with his feet. I think just throw a little bit inaccurate when obviously he's a very accurate quarterback. But if you could do that, like that's going to make that's going to give this Bears defense some opportunities. And look, quite frankly, they did not do a good job enough uh, against the the Saints last week, where the turnover margin battle was five to zero. Look, Derek Carr was able to do what he wanted to do. They didn't have to throw the ball deep, but he was able to get the ball out to his playmakers underneath a lot. And you know, obviously, the Saints won that game. So make Young sweat is my first key, and that's everybody involved on the defensive line. If you want to send your linebackers, like do that. And I think if you are able to consistently create pressure, which the Bears have struggled with this season, you're going to have a, a really good opportunity to, to win this game. When you're watching the Panthers and Young and he is pressured, like is the lack of size also just an issue for him right now? Because obviously being a little shorter, like once guys are getting closer to you, if that pocket's getting pushed closer to your face, it's going to take away some of that line of vision. You know, I think that happened on on the second pick six, Will, where, you know, Bryce Young, he has pressure right in his face and he's trying to throw it over the defender in front of him. And then there's Miles Sanders, who's kind of set up in the flat and then it's overthrown. And again, you would have to really see like his angle and how he's seeing, but it definitely doesn't help him. Well, like those were the limitations that everybody was talking about when he was being drafted, but he's an accurate quarterback when he could see things. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I wouldn't. um, I would definitely think that that's going to hinder him in some, you know, some aspects. So make it more difficult on on Bryce Young, however you got to do it. And if you got to use his height to his disadvantage, by all means. (laughs) I have another way uh, that the Bears can make Young's night a lot more difficult. And that's my second key, which is to shut down Adam Thielen. Right now, Mm -hmm. the Panthers are just going through one man. And and as Adam Thielen, oh, I mean, we know him very well um, from all of his time in Minnesota. Like we've talked about him a lot in these podcasts, previewing these games and just, you know, he's been pretty damn good uh, for quite some time now in the league. But just this season, he has 40 more targets than any other Panther. And but he's also just been widely efficient. Uh, He's catching 82 percent of those targets. He's 62 of 76, four touchdown catches. They also lead the team. Passer rating of 117 when thrown to, which is another very impressive number. So if the Bears allow Young and Thielen to connect early and often, I mean, it's going to be difficult to get off the field, quite frankly. And when we do that, it's just going to be frustrating to watch because the Panthers, they've really struggled to get other players involved. DJ Shark, Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall, they combined for 54 receptions on 101 targets. So they're catching combined 54% of those targets where you see Adam Thielen catching 82% by himself. So there's just a huge drop-off whenever they go in other directions here. Thielen has more catches and yards than the rest of that Panthers offense combined. So the that's like, that should be priority number one here for the Bears. Keep tabs on him at all times uh, in the red zone on third downs. If you can find a way to shut him down or at least slow him down, my fantasy team will be very upset about it, but... In real life, uh, it's going to really help the Bears' chances of getting off the field, keeping points off of the scoreboard, and ultimately winning the game. Yeah, well, that's a really good one. And my second key is challenge the wide receivers. And mm-hmm. I think, I wonder if this is a matchup, and I doubt it, where you see Jalen Johnson almost shadow a guy like Adam Thielen because you see the discrepancy 
in targets, the touchdowns. He has four. Next guy is DJ Chark with three, and he's doubtful for this game on Thursday night. Right. So I wonder, you know, what ends up happening there. But because Thielen, they'll put him in the slot, they'll put him outside, they'll put him on both sides of the field. Matt Eberflus, I, I believe it was Matt Eberflus, or maybe it was John Hoke saying because they move uh, guys around that they, they don't like Jalen kind of shadowing. But I wonder if this is a matchup where you find, like, this is the guy he's going to go to. Because he's a veteran wide receiver, he knows where to find space, where exactly he needs to be, and Bryce Young can trust him. Do you just take that away and put Jalen Johnson on him? Because I think Tyreek Stevenson, he's been he's been going through his struggles as of late, and, you know, he, he was – you know, not even playing at the back half of the Saints game. So maybe this is an opportunity, but if I'm looking at it, come Thursday night, I doubt they do it. But man, that would be a best way to kind of just just stop what their best offensive threat is right now as, as, at the wide receiver position. But I think in general, when these guys have clean releases, are able to get into their route and be on time, regardless of who the wide receiver is, I'm never a fan of that. I want to see these these bears corners, these bears, DBs, linebackers, even challenge it, challenge some of these guys off the line of scrimmage, even if it's just a little shove to throw the timing off. Mm-hmm. Cause that's where Bryce Young's at his best where the timing's perfect. He knows where you're going to be and bam, he can deliver his throw. Let's see if you can disrupt that a little bit. And if you can do that, I think again, you're defensively, you're going to set yourself in a spot to get off the field and then make some, obviously maybe some turnovers off of that, but challenge the wide receivers. And if Jalen can shadow Thielen, I want to see it. Well, I have a few things I'm going to add on top of yours. One, I don't expect Jalen Johnson to do shadowing. I'll explain more later on in this episode. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself on that one, but I just want to say I'm going to circle it and we're going to come back to it. And then I just want to say, like, you were hitting on my point a little bit too of like pressing up a little bit. And because the average at the target, 6.6 yards, uh, as I mentioned, they're going to try to get the ball out quick, take away the dinks, take away those dunks force them to beat you over the top, which these receivers outside of Adam Thielen have struggled mightily all year. That's just, I I guess it's just like the easiest blueprint for success this week for this Bears defense. I just don't know if they're going to do it, uh, which is unfortunate because they like to play that soft coverage and and then keep everything in front of them. uh, And they don't want to risk the big play. And when you're playing, you know, maybe, you know, they play that cover too. They play more of that cloud style but maybe it's time to play a little bit more harder in the flat out there too. And, you know, stay a little bit lower and make your splits uh, a little bit shorter out there. So that way they don't have such easy windows uh, over there and we'll see how it goes. But I I just like that we're on the same wavelength uh, when it comes to that key. And my final one for this bears defense is just really nothing easy, especially on third down and that bears Mm -hmm. third down defense. It was back to those frustrating waves last week, allowing 50% of third downs to be converted. They're still ranked dead last on the season two overall on third down. And the Panthers just on offense, very middle of the road, 16th, only a conversion rate of 40%. So the bears, whatever you got to do, just don't allow them to convert easily on third downs, you know, have sound pass coverage. If it's third and medium play up a little bit, as we just mentioned, if it's third and short, you know, have proper run fits, whether it's Chubba Hubbard or Miles Sanders, but allowing those easy conversions and allowing the Panthers to stay on the field and get into scoring position often, it's just a surefire way of losing this game. I mean, this Panthers offense, what, 17 points per game, something like that, 18 mm-hmm. points per game. It's They haven't been able to score you know, too much here this season. Don't make it easier for them at, like it has been all season. They've been struggling. Don't 
make it easy for them on third down, give them confidence. And if you do that here on Thursday night, I think that's going to put you in a very disadvantageous uh, position. So for the me and for the Bears on defense on third down, nothing easy, like nothing easy at all. Yeah, and look, the first half of the Saints, they were struggling well, third and long to get off the field. And they 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 helped themselves in the second half a little bit with that, but they definitely need, just need to be overall better on third down. My, my third and last key defensively is simply just create turnovers, however you got to do it. Look at the two wins the Bears have this season. What was the common denominator there on defense? Turnovers, whether it was interceptions, forced fumbles. They won the turnover battle. And this is a team, you know, just last week, the Carolina Panthers, three interceptions, two being pick sixes. Like you need to find ways to put yourself just even in those situations. Like I want to see guys punching after the football. You want to see guys be aggressive defensively because look, the, the Carolina Panthers overall haven't turned over the ball a lot this season. And, you know, last week was a, not an anomaly, but it definitely skewed, skews the numbers a little bit because it's one game with all those turnovers, but it's still a young quarterback, and I know he's a number one overall pick, but they're all, you know, rookie quarterbacks, a rookie quarterback. We just saw what Tyson Bajan has been through the past two games, turning the ball over. It can happen. So the Bears, they want to win this game. It starts with winning the turnover battle. And if they could do that, again, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this, you're going to put yourself in a, a, a very good <laughs> chance to win this game because the Carolina Panthers here, this is not obviously a very good football team. They've only won one game for a reason. And whoever wins a turnover battle between two bad teams right now, I can guarantee you they're probably going to win that game. Yeah. And on the other side of it, I know we didn't mention it as like a key, but take care of the football. Don't turn it over four or five times uh, like we saw last week, whether it be throwing interceptions or fumbling the football. You got to take care of that thing. And ball security was a key of mine last week. And even though, I, I didn't expect them to lose it like that. Like I was like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Like a, a turnover or two could be enough to like sway the difference really in any game. But I did not see five turnovers for that bears offense coming. So I, I like it. Defense needs to go back to my first key force mistakes. And then for your final key capitalize by actually creating some of those takeaways there for defense. All right, so that's going to do it for our keys of the game on both sides of the ball. On the flip side of this next break, uh, we're going to give you our X Factor, tell you tell you who has the edge. Uh, but first, I'll go right back to Nick, who has a message from Goose. Yeah, Goose Island, as everyone knows, CHO supported by the good old Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. And they have a fantastic beer roster. They have the Oktoberfest, which... I had a couple of weeks ago, fantastic, the Beer Hug family, the 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pills, you know, the everyday beer, what the brewers are drinking. Uh, for people who have been drinking their Goose Island, put in the chat what's been your favorite beer so far. Can't go wrong with anything that you choose now. Um, but you can grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town, Goose Island Beer Company. As you know, Chicago's beer, and if you're going to the tailgate tomorrow, there's going to be plenty of Goose Island. So drink up, have fun at the game, have fun at the tailgate, and you know, do so with the Goose Island. There you go. And hey, if you're going to go to this tailgate and you haven't got your tickets yet, you may as well join our diehard membership on our website because that will give you 20% off all of our events, including our final tailgate of the season. 
definitely come check out all the details. Uh, here we have the link in the description. It's also on our website. Uh, and we're doing our final X-Golf certificate giveaway here, a $200 gift certificate to any Chicagoland location of X-Golf. And you can find the nearest X-Golf at playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. But there's just so many great benefits of joining and becoming a diehard, uh, 20% off. Uh, I mentioned events. You get it off merch as well, including we just dropped some brand new CHGO hats and everyone knows, hey, Will loves to wear his hat. So you better believe I snagged one immediately uh, after those dropped here yesterday. Can't wait for it to come in so I can wear those on the show, Lawrence. And then on top of that, uh, you can get, uh, if we ever run sales, you get an additional 20% off of those sales uh, in, in addition. And of course, you unlock all of our premium written content uh, on our website, including Adam Hogue's Bears Things. Uh, Carm comes out with his game grades. A lot of great stuff there on the website. Uh, but definitely, if you want to help support us and keeping us, you know, allowing us to continue living our dreams and getting to do this, a big reason uh, that we get to is by all of the support that we get from our diehards. So definitely go to allcshow.com slash diehard. Sign up here today. It has all the other benefits that maybe I've overlooked here. Uh, but definitely check it out. We love to have you. And I can't wait to welcome you in. Boom. All right. CHGO Bears podcast. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano. It's our Bears Panthers game preview episode. We already gave you the keys to success on both sides of the ball. And now it's time for our weekly X Factors. And Nick, I'll go to you, man. What's your X Factor here for this matchup? Yeah, I'm going to give all credit to Mark Potash for my X Factor for this okay. matchup between the Bears and Panthers. He had a great tweet. The Bears have been outscored 62 to 25 in the third quarter this season. The worst differential, minus 37 in the NFL. The only touchdown Oof. that the Panthers scored against the Colts last week happened on the first drive of the third quarter. Credit to the Panthers' defense that forced a punt on the Colts' first offensive possession. But that is where games can swing easily for, you know, the Bears or whoever the opponent that they're playing. So they need to be better coming out of halftime. And we know adjustments for this team are not, you know, a strength right now for this coaching staff and, you know, the team overall. So the Bears need to be better in the third quarter. It doesn't matter how well they play in the first half. It's the adjustments they make going into halftime then ultimately coming out in the third quarter. So the X factor, the third quarter, let's see what the bears can do and see if like, again, they can hold down this, this Panthers offense or defense, whatever, whatever it looks like they need to be better in the third quarter. I mean, I would say better in every single quarter, but if you're going to look at a specific matchup here, then yes, the third quarter and like that disparity, like, I mean, it just shows you the lack of adjustments or being out adjusted uh, at halftime uh, on really both sides of the ball because you're failing to score an offense, but then your defense uh, is letting up all those points. And if you want to get yourself in a position to win this game in the fourth quarter, I mean, the one right before the third coming around the half, I think is very important. So I like that one. That's unique. And I appreciate, you know, Mark for coming up with those, uh, that split, sharing it. And then you bring it on the show because I didn't know, I, I felt it like watching these games this season. Like I felt like, yes, there's a disparity there after halftime. I didn't know it was that egregious and mm -hmm. that's alarming. So that needs to get cleaned up. Really great X factor there, Nick. Mine, I'm going to give it to a player here this week, and it's going to be Kyler Gordon. Why? Well, you mentioned Adam Thielen, 
And you like, will the Bears have Jalen Johnson? Maybe they'll shadow him. And if they do, I'm not opposed to it. But the reason why I don't expect it is that this season, Jalen Johnson has only played six total snaps in the slot. Like he just doesn't usually line up there. But what a surprise I think that would be uh, if the Bears did go that route. But again, since I won't expect it, we'll go to Kyler Gordon, who's been the nickel corner here for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Adam Thielen, 70% of his targets this year have come from the slot. His 53 slot targets, his 43 catches from the slot, his four touchdowns from the slot all lead the NFL. And he has 400 receiving yards from his slot. That's second in the league, only behind C.D. Lamb, who's just been tearing apart the league over the last couple of weeks here, too. Uh, Looking at the last three weeks, Kyler Gordon has allowed 11 catches, 83 yards, one touchdown when targeted, pass rating of about 120. So I expect the Panthers, like they have all year long, target Adam Thielen early and often. That's just how they've been operating this season. And Kyler Gordon, if... He ends up, you know, still remaining in the slot, and they don't do this shadowing thing. Then he's just going to have to play very well here in this matchup, and it's just pivotal to like literally every key that you and I laid out, Nick. If Kyler Gordon doesn't do his job in the slot, I mean, it's just no none of those keys on defense are going to be able to be adhered to. He's going to be targeted on third down. He's going to be heavily favored if the Panthers make it down into the red zone, and he's just going to have to cover their best player. You know, plain and simple. There's a reason why the Bears trust Kyler Gordon, why they have faith in Kyler Gordon, why they drafted him, why they decided to put him here in a slot where a lot of the better receivers in the league are now playing more often. So for me, Kyler Gordon, this Bears defense, really this game could be you know made or broken by Kyler Gordon's play here and this matchup against Adam Thielen. That's a great matchup, Will. And I think when you look at Adam Thielen's game, he still obviously can create separations, really crafty. He definitely doesn't have the speed that Gordon has. And I think you watch Gordon. He did give up a touchdown last week to Chris Olave, but you're watching him in that route. He's moving his hips, backpedaling. There's no pass rush on that play, and he gives <laughs> us a touchdown. But if, you know, I, I trust Kyler Gordon to be that guy that can make things difficult for Adam Thielen. So it's a really good matchup. I'm glad you brought it up. Awesome. Let's find out who has the edge here up next. And Nick, it's over to you, man. Bears pass attack versus that Panthers pass defense with with quarterback to be determined still i did check right during that last break just see if i can help you out nothing yet yeah i have twitter opened up here on my monitor that's in front of me (laughs) um but you know what i think the bears passing attack will still get the edge regardless if it's fields or tyson bajant um again the game plan is going to be similar for whoever the quarterback is so i like what they're able to do in this one and you don't have to worry about brian burns in in this matchup but that elite pass rusher as long as you get Derek brown kind of solidified there i like what the bears can do with their playmakers on the outside i think there's going to be more of an emphasis to get dj more involved in this one so i'm going to give the edge to the bears in this one all right that slightly surprises me but i like your optimism uh, without question, I have the Bears rushing attack versus that Panthers run defense, and I'm going with the Bears on this one. The Panthers allow 132 yards per game on the ground, which is the fifth most in the NFL. The Bears, as we talk about every single week, very good at rushing the football, currently the fourth best in the NFL. Foreman last week averaged over four yards per carry, 20 carries for 83 yards. And I just feel like the Bears, especially on that right side, uh, as you mentioned, should be able to run that ball very efficiently and effectively, uh, which should allow them to stay on schedule, sustain drives. And of course, they just need to take care of that football as opposed to last week. And hey, you know, whether it's 
Justin Fields back there, whether it's Bajan, who showed he can have some wheels of his own and run last week too. Uh, obviously, uh, I think Foreman's been playing very well. I know Khalil Herbert's been designated to return from IR. And for Foreman, who started off this season, you know, behind Herbert on the depth chart, behind Roshan Johnson on the depth chart, I feel like this is a great game for him to remind the Bears coaches, Bears fans, why he should remain out there on the field and why he should be maybe considered still RB1 in Chicago. But I'm going to give this one to the Bears. Uh, I want to see a lot of Deontay Foreman here on Thursday night. I completely agree. He's been playing really well. And that's just what Deontay Foreman does though. Will. like he backs up whoever's a starting running back, gets his opportunity. It doesn't look back. So good for Deontay Foreman, make the most out of his opportunity. Let's switch to the bears defense. Uh, Nick, you have the Panthers rushing attack, which we didn't really talk about all too much versus that bears run defense. Yeah. And Hubbard's the guy that really leads that, that room right now. Will he has 328 yards on the season, two touchdowns. And you know, the way this bears defense been playing the run, I'm going to give this advantage to this bears defense. I think they'll be able to contain whoever's really running the rock for the Carolina Panthers. So, and I think the, the ideally the Panthers are going to want to utilize it, stick, stick with it in this game. And I think they will, because I don't think this game's going to get out of hand at any point. But they'll be able to to still run the rock, but not effectively. So I'm going to give this matchup also to the Chicago Bears. There we go. And that Bears run defense has been very good. Uh, you know, regardless of every, you know, for the past almost two months now, maybe six weeks, yeah. but they've been uh, they've been playing well. Uh, so let's continue to give them that praise. Now they can just find a pass rush. Uh, then we can. Then now we're talking. Uh, I got that Panthers pass attack versus that Bears pass defense, and I'm gonna give it to the. Bears, I think they'll have they'll do just enough to give it the edge. It really is going to ma- depend on that matchup with Adam Thielen. I feel like that's the big mm-hmm. one. We mentioned it a few times. I'm not going to give you any of the numbers again, but whether or not you know they can slow him down, stop him, maybe find a bit of a pass rush, force some of those mistakes out of that rookie quarterback. I, I feel like you can do that, and they will to a degree. So I'll give it to the Bears here. Um, but if another one of those receivers for Carolina ends up having like a, you know, a huge game, uh, then I feel like the Bears, you know, they're very much at fault because the Panthers have really struggled to get anyone else acclimated so far uh, on their offense, which goes all the way down for the Bears, which is a clean sweep, which if memory serves me correctly, the only other time that's happened this year was entering that week one game against the Packers and where we got way too far ahead of ourselves uh, heading into that matchup, but hopefully different results here this time after having a clean sweep. Yeah. Look, it was optimistic. It was week one bears (laughs) Packers. It was supposed to be expectations. And obviously that hasn't happened, but we also haven't again, given it all the advantages to the bears. So let's hope that, that you know the same result at the end of this game doesn't happen too all right we have one more timeout that we're gonna take we have to burn all three and then on the flip side we're gonna make some predictions uh you know mvb bold predictions maybe we'll play some over-unders and then we'll sign off but first we're gonna go over to nick who has a message i think you got foco which you know i love foco so tell me why you love foco yeah, because you can get fitted out in the best sports gear around, Will, and you know you can get your hoodies, your shoes, your signs, your bobbleheads, literally everything in between. And look, it's it's basketball hockey season, so you can get all the gear that you need that's necessary to go to a game, look good, and people are like, oh man, you must have got that from Foco. Well, yeah, no doubt, because you get again that best sports gear around, sports gear around. And if you ever watch our shows when we're live 
from our awesome set, you would know that Foco has donated a few of the awesome pieces for our sets. So go show them some love. And you can do that by going to foco.com or again, click the link in the description below for all non presale items. Just use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, let's get into the final portion of this episode. Let's make some predictions and let's begin with our weekly bears bold predictions i'm excited to see what you have here nick because for me i have a two touchdown day for deontay foreman as my Mm -hmm. bold prediction which isn't like overly bold he's done it before within the last month Uh, but coming up against uh this panthers defense on a short week with of course khalil herbert i don't think he returns this week but like i said he's knocking on the door again i expect big things from deontay foreman so i'm gonna go with the bears offense here this week and i'll give him a multi-touchdown game i'll actually say to make it more bold bold touchdowns happen in the third quarter just to Ooh. go back to your rex factor and really make things spicy love it well that makes it extra bold with the third quarter added in there i was as i was like thinking of matchups here um carolina you know who scored their first ever career touchdown against the Carolina Panthers? Cole Komet. So I'm thinking Ooh. he's going to get in the end zone uh, this game. But then I'm like, okay, uh, for some reason, thought of Cole Komet. I thought the 2020 draft class. I'm like, oh, man, who else is a part of that? Jalen Johnson. Let's give him an interception in this game. And then I'm like, all right, Darnell Mooney just had his best game of his career. Let's <laughs> add Darnell Mooney in there for a touchdown. So we have Cole Komet touchdown, Jalen Johnson interception, and then Darnell Mooney touchdown for my bold prediction for this one. So it's pretty much the class of 2020 just showing out here on Thursday night. I like that. Yeah, basically. I'm trying. I'm, I mean, is there anybody else that I missed out uh, that should be in my bold prediction? Oh, nope. Travis Gibson's gone. Kendall Vildor is gone. So I'm not going to keep going down the list. So <laughs> those are the three guys you need to know about. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Let's uh, <laughs> play some over under before we do these game picks here real quick. So the game line as of right now uh, for the total is 39 points. Would you take the over or under on that? That's uh, I don't think I touch it. I wouldn't touch it. Um but I'll say it actually goes over that okay. 39. Yeah. Now, as I told you before we went live, that I missed my same game parlay for the Bears last week. Uh, I had Cole Komet scoring at least a touchdown. I had the Bears holding Alvin Kamara, I think it was like under 57 or something yards like that. I had um, the Bears beating the spread, so I had him at plus nine and a half. And then on top of that, I had the game's going to go uh, over 42 and the total was 41 points. So I'm like, I don't trust the over or under on these bears games anymore. I think before then the, the bears hit me over like six times already so far this season. So I was like, Oh yeah, we got this. And if they just would have scored one more time in the fourth quarter, instead of turning that ball over, I would have had a nice little payday there, but re- I, I digress. Uh, Bryce young, his line for touchdown passes is one and a half. Over or under one and a half? Mm, that means, uh, yeah, no, I'm not touching that. I'm going under the one and a half. <laughs> not touching it. And well, too, real quickly, like the, both teams missed field goals in that game, too. So you, there were oh. so many opportunities oh. to, to get the Why'd over. Why do you have to oh, even like remind me? I'd even like, I'd even oh. like take it to that level. I just kept watching them towards the end, like have chances to either chip into the lead or tie it. And I was like, cool, regardless, I, I got You're this. Gonna get it. No, no, we're just going to keep turning the ball over. Thanks. Too bad I didn't have like a whole parlay of just turnovers. But regardless, yeah. uh, for passing yards for Bryce Young, uh, 219.5 over or under. I mean, that that seems 
I'm taking the under on that too. I again, there, I don't think it's an offensive Thursday night games, guys. There's uh, offensive explosion uh-huh. in Thursday night games. Mm-mm. So I'm taking the under. All right, let's go receiving yards. Since we talked about him so much in this episode, Adam Thielen, his line is 72.5. Over under that one. Man, 72, that's kind of a lot. I mean, that's the one guy. If DJ Chark's not playing right? too, maybe just because of the, the, the amount of targets he's probably going to get. So I'll, I guess I'll take the over on that one, actually. He'll, fight. He'll have like 10 catches. And average only like seven yards a catch. Mm-hmm. And that'll yeah. be enough. But he's going to get thrown to a lot. So that makes sense here, too. Uh, what about Cole Komet? His line's 35 and a half. I feel like I'd take the over on that without Cole's been playing. Yeah, let's take the over on Cole Komet. Keep this streak going. Awesome. And that's all we got because they don't know who's playing quarterback for the Bears. So they're just, they're being very cautious uh, with some of those lines here right now. I'm sure uh, as this day goes on, uh, those will change. So definitely keep checking out. Uh, those and and hope you enjoyed some over under but let's find out nick who's gonna be the mvb uh, when it's all said and done who do you think will be the most valuable bear on thursday night i think the most valuable bear is going to be the newest member of the chicago bears and it's going to be montez sweat in this one. Oh yeah well i think when you look at like his game against the new orleans saints obviously you know just getting acclimated to this team but still he generated four pressures, which was a team high on only 25 pass rushes. And you look at this Carolina Panthers offensive line, there are opportunities there. I like his long arm and what he's able to mm-hmm. do to create separation, the power that he can generate off of that. So I'm thinking Montez Sweat on a national stage could show this time he's going to be on the winning end, winning end of it because last uh, Thursday night he got his ass whooped and he he mentioned that when I asked him about it so this time he's going to show out and see what he can do so Montez Sweat is going to be my MVP for this one I hope so man uh, I know uh I mean we, we invested so much in him financially no the draft pick and, and on top of that so like we need it mm-hmm. and unfortunately for him uh, maybe it's not unfortunately because he has a hell of a bank account right now uh but (laughs) like the expectations are like immediate uh it's like okay we paid you we traded for you it's time to go and like the talent level that he's around isn't the same uh, that it was in washington so there's more added pressure to be the guy here but that's what we brought him in here to do so i like the fact that you're already putting those expectations on him yourself uh, by putting him as your mvb without you know being more patient. I think the time is now. So I like that a lot. I'm going to go offense for my MVB. I'm sticking with Deontay Foreman. Uh, Obviously I gave you the bold prediction. So if I expect that to be true, Foreman obviously would be the MVB. He has been the fourth most productive running back on the ground over the last three weeks with 206 yards. His 4.6 yards per carry in this span also ranks third. He's also the sixth best running back after contact in this time span. He's been very good in his pass protection, helping out Tyson Bajan out there being that extra blocker. So I expect the Bears to lean on Foreman here this week. Again, with Khalil Herbert designated to return, it's a great time to remind the coaches why he must remain a focal point of this Bears offense. And he's going up against the fifth worst run defense that allows a league high in rushing first down percentage. Uh, almost 40% of opponents' first downs, Carolina's opponents, come on the ground. And they've also allowed the most rushing touchdowns this season, the Panthers have. So I'm going to say Deontay Foreman, man, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, the stats back that up, Will. So good job by you there. So I, I like that a lot. And 
hey, if Justin Fields plays this game, that rushing touchdown, that can also be something that the Bears can maybe exploit in this one. Even though you got to be, got to be, you know, cautious. You still got a, a thumb that's not quite there, but the opportunity presents itself. You take it. You do take that. Absolutely. And now we have to figure out, hey, speaking of things that are taking, will the Bears take away a victory here? And again, I think this game, when you look at the how the season's gone up to this point, and you look at the rest of the schedule, like, this is the game. Like this game has like the most meaning and implications, I think, for the Bears' future. So they better be motivated for this one. They better be playing and firing on all cylinders. Uh, I, and I think that better come from coaching and even Ryan pulls himself. Like, hey, like this game means something for us. We got to make sure that draft pick that we got from Carolina is the best possible, potentially the first overall pick. But if you lose to them, I think it's gonna be hard to kind of you know find make that true. But Nick. Bears, Panthers. I feel like I know where this is going, but let's make it official. Who do you got? Guys, I have the Bears winning this matchup 23-17, so they just go over 39 there by nice. the one point, obviously. Um, but again, this is I, I think the Bears have a have a more talented roster. Um, I don't think we're gonna see that large discrepancy in the turnover battle, five to zero, even the penalties. The penalties were eight to one against the saints last week. So I think the bears just play a, a more clean brand of football and win this game against a, a Panthers team. That's again, looking, struggling on offense. They've, they've had their deficiencies on defense. They don't have their best defensive player in Brian Burns. So I'm taking the bears in this one Thursday night football, 23 to 17. I like it. I like it so much. I'm going to go bears here too. I got 24, 21, which is well above the line right now. If you're looking at the over on it, it's just one of those games where I just feel like the bears defense is going to allow the Panthers to score a few times. Uh, and I know you had them scoring three times, one of them being a field goal. Um, but I just don't trust the bears red zone defense enough to say that's going to happen right now. And I just feel like the bears are more talented team. Uh, they should win this game. It just, like you said, this comes down to the, how clean of a game it's going to be. We didn't even mention penalties until you just did. And it's something that we mentioned a week ago, uh, looking at that Chargers game, like the discrepancy of penalties this season has just been alarming for the Bears, for a team that stresses situational smarts and not being penalized. And between turning the ball over, not being able to create takeaways, and then being penalized so much, it's just three, I guess, just big, large obstacles in your way in addition to finding a way to beat the opponent there in front of you. So I have the Bears winning here regardless who's at quarterback. I expect them to really rely on that rushing game, which I know is a key of yours, Nick, but uh, we gave them a clean sweep there uh, for a reason at who has the edge. Uh, so I have the bears winning uh, as you, my confidence meter is at a 6.4. Nice. Well, I have mine at a 6.9. Nice. Uh, but nice. the injury report just came out. So Tom Pelissero bears quarterback, Justin Fields, right thumb is doubtful for Thursday night with the Panthers. And he put another week of Tyson Bajan. Um, in his tweet there, but also out in this game is Nate Davis, Tremaine Edmonds, Terrell Smith, questionable Josh Blackwell. You have a questionable with Khalil Herbert and Equinemius St. Brown is being questionable and their videos now circulating of fields and Trace McSorley throwing at, at practice right now. But um, yeah, doubtful uh, for just feels that right thumb, but I don't, I mean, Obviously, it is an official official, but yeah, maybe, I guess, you know, that's why we kept the episode like we did, What mm -hmm. whatever quarterback is playing. Um, I know I said I was feeling pretty good about it, but looks like we might be seeing Tyson. 
again. Well, hey, you know what? We're still live. Do you want to change your pick or anything like that? Or are you good? You're square. No, I'm still taking still taking the Bears in this one. Um, I don't think Ty- I think Tyson learns from those mistakes too. Like he he's he was really down on himself with the turnovers that he had, not protecting the ball in the pocket. And he's a guy that you know I think will look at the tape, see where he can make those corrections, and be able to to make that adjustment, even though it's a short time frame. So still sticking with the Bears, still sticking with twenty three seventeen. And I was just looking forward to Justin being out there, though. To be completely honest, I was looking forward for a little change of pace. But if if it's Tyson Bajan, that's what the Bears got to roll with. Yep. I mean, not too much that we can do. You and I can't do anything to change it. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, they didn't roll him out. Um, but doubtful, it's it's rare when someone who's listed as doubtful actually goes out there uh, and plays, mm-hmm. especially when it's just the day before on the short week. But uh We'll see. Uh, regardless, though, I'm not changing mine. Uh, they're just like you. I saw this comment that came in a long time ago, actually, from Lions Guy, uh, who says, you know, I got to say, you guys at CHU do a great job daily. I don't know how you find so much to talk about with a garbage team. You know, we're getting there and enjoy the podcast. You know, at least, Nick, you know, we reach more than just Bears fans here. At least other mm-hmm. people enjoy the product. So I want to say thank you uh, for enjoying this podcast and consuming a Bears podcast, even if you're a Lions fan. I couldn't do it the other way around. Uh, so, I, I, you know, kudos to you. Yeah, appreciate the the comment. I mean, look, I, I get it with NFC North teams keeping tabs on everybody else and, you know, the division. So it makes sense. And I'm glad you're enjoying the content. It is a pretty garbage team right now, but it's going to change just like, how the you know the Lions have been a very garbage team for a very long time and have finally <laughs> seen some success. So uh, again, appreciate you though for listening and for everyone who's come to hang out on your Friday afternoon. Appreciate you being here. If you're going to the mm-hmm. tailgate, see you there. Have fun at the game and again, low expectations. We we said that last week and if you would have had those, you'd be perfectly fine. Did you say Friday afternoon? Are you getting? Oh shit! Yeah, right? it's definitely Wednesday. Definitely. It feels like Friday though. Like I even like after this, I'm like, oh yeah, like we're into our evening time. It's not Friday evening, you know. It's only Wednesday, uh, but we have a Thursday night <laughs> game. But regardless, uh, yes, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this game preview episode. Of course, uh, we have a really big day tomorrow between our tailgates, and then we're going to be at Joe's on Wheat Street uh, for pre post game uh, with that big event going on over there too. And Nick will be over at Soldier Field for the game, and I can't wait to see all the amazing coverage from you guys and. Uh, Have a great rest of your day for everyone listening. Enjoy all the content. And of course, for those going to the tailgate tomorrow, we'll see you there. And it'll be a really great time. But until then, bear down, Chicago.